welcome to Cinema Hangover Podcast, where three completely unqualified individuals drink and talk about movies. My name is Shannon. I'm Oliver. And my name's Taylor. Today, we are watching probably the oldest movie that we've ever watched. Oh, for sure. Well, definitely. Mm-hmm. 1941, Citizen Kane, directed, produced, and starring Orson Welles. He's, yeah, yeah. I don't know, know who that is. He's the director, the producer. He also think did some writing in it. And yeah. is, he is Ooh. he is Kane. Yeah. But before we get into that, we're also drinking something very in tune with this movie. What's that, Taylor? So tonight we're drinking an old fashioned. <laughs> uh, it's what goddamn hey. Well, <laughs> it's one of those classic early twentieth century drinks that's still popular today. And it's from uh, this particular type is from a brand called on the rocks, and it's basically a lot of pre-made cocktails that are provided by this brand. So decided to pick it up, give it a shot, and uh, see how it is. And it's not too bad. I mean, it's not like the same as like a you're real saying old that as you book. poured orange juice into it and you poured simple. Hey, syrup. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I will admit it is tad a bit strong. Yeah, so I wanted to strong. like the on try the, to the on the rocks cocktails are very very strong. Me and Oliver have tried quite a few and. Even the Cosmos, I couldn't drink. They're just very And strong. there goes our future sponsorship. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not saying they're bad. They're just very strong. They get the job done. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Fucking hell. That is for sure. Well, I think, I mean, this is, this is what, 80-year-old 80, 80 movie. Yes. So All I could point... think about, I just got to throw this out there really quick. Yeah. All I could think about is how everybody in this movie is dead. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe little kid, little kid Kane is still alive. Maybe, Maybe. but everybody's dead. So what I, that's, I mean, that's very interesting. Uh, Not where my mind went, but it is. You're probably correct, right? No, I am. Um, This movie is eighty-one years old. They might be like one baby in the entire. Oh, yeah. I mean, what if they're like? No. Okay. They're dead. All right. What I was thinking about God is how is how Orson Welles helped write, produced, and directed, and starred. He is he is Citizen Kane. He is Kane. Yeah. And that's yeah. insane. Do you know how old he was when he directed this, produced this, and starred in it? No. Guess. Eighty one. God. Did he look sixteen? 81? No. What? what? Twenty five. Holy 25. shit! Yeah, I can oh, see it. Okay. I can see it. Yeah, he's twenty five. So before we dive into this, though, we need to give a synopsis. Yeah, so... I, it's it's it, it's really just the life of, of this Citizen man. That's Kane, that's yeah. really what is his. Yeah, Charles Citizen Foster Kane, Kane. Yeah. isn't the he's... name of the of the character? And he's a like a newspaper mogul. Mm-hmm. He's um, adopted as a child to a very rich man, mm-hmm. um, where he's supposed to like inherit this business, mm-hmm. this empire, and all he wants to do is have the newspaper part of that business. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes it over and runs it the way that he believes it should be run, and it's kind of just his life. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's told through kind of an amalgamation of a lot of different people's perspectives, which is actually one of the reasons why I think this movie is so famous, because it, it's, I think it's, it's lauded as one of the most, one of the first modern movies, like modern American movies. And it has that, kind of pieced together narrative structure, Mm -hmm. which was not really seen at the time. Um, And so that's part of it. And then the other part of it is it's kind of seen through the stories almost being told from an investigator, a reporter that's trying to find out why his last 
word was Rosebud before right. he mm-hmm. died. So that in mind, can there be spoilers for this movie? I guess there can be one major spoiler for this movie. Yeah, so I'll I'll say this for now. If you have not seen Citizen Kane and you don't want it spoiled, spoiled then this is the point where you need to pause, watch the movie, then bounce back, and then win spoiler territory, like, mm-hmm. as of now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the there best There is really only, it. yeah, there's really only one spoiler. And that's yeah, like so I don't think it's going to be, yeah. like, a huge spoiler. It's just, like, what Rosebud is, what yeah. that means. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah. I mean, just pause, go watch the movie, come back. Yeah, I mean, it is, I think if anybody is in into movies, it's a movie that, you probably have already checked out. If not, you've definitely heard of it. Oh yeah, like or or and and I would say it's a good one to kind of like add add to your collection, <laughs> to your collection of movies that you've seen at least for sure. And that's actually one of the main reasons why I was interested in checking this out because every single time I keep hearing about the best movies of all time, the at least top, if not top three, is Citizen Kane. Yeah, every fucking goddamn time, yeah. and I'm like, okay. Let's finally watch this movie that's hailed as the Mac Daddy of it all and see what it's all about. So I have a pretty good feeling of how Shannon felt about this movie being oh, yeah. a 1941 black and white. Definitely old movie, right? Yeah, we were testing um, a lot of her, like, I would patience. say, tolerances. Yeah. <laughs> um, but normally I'd ask this question, normally I would ask this question at the end, but I kind of want to start off the podcast this time with it in okay. that... Do you understand why this movie is as heralded as it is? Mm. I'm going to actually... Are you asking me or Shannon? I'm at, or? Well, I'm asking, uh, I think, both of you. Ooh, but, oh. I think I'm a bad person to ask. <laughs> no, because I don't. Well, you so, don't really, d- You never had even heard of it. No. So what? Uh, you're d- really... Uh, d- fair, God damn, fuck. I'm what sorry. What about you, Taylor? <laughs> it's just, I'm... <sighs> I have to reel myself back from the fact that Shannon has not heard of Citizen Kane, but also that's not too surprising <laughs> because honestly, for a lot and of and honestly, I could have heard of it and it just went just didn't give a shit. My head, which is I fair. can promise you, at the very least, you've seen its influences in a ton of other movies. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, and that's the thing I'm recognizing. So after having the opportunity to you know sit down and watch Seven Samurai, which is a movie that we've had the chance to discuss previously. Watching this and thinking, okay, this was made in 1941. Think about how movies were made during this time and the type of films that were released during this period. Consider this is the first time any movie of its type ever existed, like the investigative like breakdown of the story, a uh, person's story being told from multiple perspectives, a piecemealed experience, and also maybe was, even the portrayal of the main character themselves. Like, was this movie made before 12 Angry Men? Yes. Way before. Okay. Way yeah. before. Yeah, and this yeah. was before Seven Samurai as when well. When was 12 Angry Men released? It was 56, like... 56, something like that? Yes, okay. something like that, yeah. But yes, yeah, definitely, definitely later. And I think it's, I think it is, it's, it's famous for a lot of different reasons, but I think the, the, one of the biggest reasons is the fact that it is kind of, like you said, it's kind of this chopped up narrative story that's pieced together through different perspectives. It's not in you know, A to Z chronological order. It's kind of pieced together. Um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons is one of the first movies to ever do that. Uh, I think also the, the, the subject matter that it's talking about is a big reason why it's so, Oh, it's huge. Yeah. So famous. And then also the cinematography. Yes. uh, That that. was the other thing Um, I've heard a bunch about this film is cinematography. So that in mind, I, I mean, 
it may hint a tiny bit at what your overall rating is, but do you feel like, do you understand at least why this is? Yeah, if this, if this film, similar to, like, say, Seventh Samurai and maybe even Twelve Angry Men, was one of those films that set the foundations for what a lot of movies, how they operate in terms of story design, in terms of even storyboarding, cinematography, how you tell stories in general, I mean, yeah, I could totally understand that. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with it. Fair. Because I, I, I don't know, like, Obviously, you guys know how I feel about old movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not just not my thing. Um, Seven Samurai was a little bit easier for me to, I guess, maybe, like, appreciate a little bit just because mm-hmm. of all the action and all the stuff that they, like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it into words. Mm-hmm. I feel like this didn't have a whole lot of, a whole lot going on that made me, like, appreciate the. Fair film work or whatever. Right. I, it, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to, like, put my no, thoughts I, into I words. Saying, I, I can't really... Yeah. It's like, I don't it didn't know how have, to express it. It didn't have enough to, like, grip on to compared to, like, say, Seven Samurai, well, which I had the action. Or and, like, and, seven, and also, yeah. to be totally fair, Seven Samurai is set in feudal Japan mm-hmm. where it's innately going to be something different and, and interesting just in, in where it's set alone. Right. Whereas yeah. this is set in America. It's set with, you know... No, I know, but there's not, like, a whole lot of action or a whole lot of, like, crazy, like, camera shots or anything like that. Not saying that it's not, like, a good-looking movie, but there's a lot more of that in Seven Samurai, so it was a little bit easier for me to, I guess, appreciate and kind of see... Like, certain things that are in Seven Samurai that you can apply to modern movies. Like, oh, I see where that comes from So there is not a lot of action, and there's not a lot going on on the screen, but I would disagree (laughs) with you that there's not a lot of crazy shots i think that there's actually especially considering the time and how cameras were in Mm -hmm. in 41 there's some pretty like remarkable shots and i think that that's why i think that that's why a lot of people love this movie especially people that are trying to get into the film industry Mm -hmm. is because a 25 year old in 1941 made this movie it's kind of like the ultimate and i don't want to speak on behalf of, of people that love this movie obviously i think there's a lot of reasons why you could love it but i think that is super inspirational for someone that yeah. wants it's to. It's the example, the example of, oh, if you really want to make a movie, you this will make a This was made movie. with non-actors. This yeah. was made where by basically one guy running the whole show, mm-hmm. and he was able to pull off some pretty incredible shots. He came up with the whole idea, obviously. Well, I'm sure he, had, he definitely had help coming up with it, writing it. But, right. Mm-hmm. But as far as execution, he was a huge part of it, Orson Welles was. And I think that that is something that a lot of people admire in that it is a cohesive, I would argue, like, good movie in that and he was 25. And you have these giant yeah. cameras and there's crazy scenes in it or crazy cinematography. So this almost, the way you explained it just now, it reminds me of similar to how, like, say, George Lucas back in the day with, like, Star Wars, he had this extensive appreciation for storytelling. And he got a bunch of, you know, semi, well, relatively newcomers to the movie scene and made Star Wars and then Quentin Tarantino loves movies and he writes, directs and in many cases produces and stars in his movies. And mm-hmm. that just reminds me of a similar, you know, yeah. circumstance. So Orson Welles is like the exemplar of that from just the origins of like Silver Age movies. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think it's just really in, inspirational to many people that this movie kind of broke open the doors for so many different things mm-hmm. by a 25 year old 
kid, someone younger than everyone at this table. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's super cool. It's yeah. just, yeah, I don't know. No, and I'm not saying, and I again, I'm not saying. I am not. I'm not trying to like dog on this movie because it's it obviously still to this day like people talk about. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe it's just because it's like such a foreign concept to me, like in the 1940s. Like I don't know what the fucking cameras were like back then. Like yeah. I can't really put myself in those World shoes. World War and, II like, wasn't even over. Yeah. I, yeah, it just started for like know. two years yeah. by the time the film came out. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little bit. And I, I, I think, like <clears throat> I think that it, this it. is this is when it comes down to review time. This is going to be one of those movies that's going to be harder to review. Yeah. I would argue probably for everybody mm. o- only only because I I think uh, with our modern sensibilities and modern storytelling, which right. which we have now, it's hard to compare this movie to that because it's right. like you're you're comparing something that didn't have a shot compared to right avatar or something you know what i mean right. like it's it is and i'm not saying one's better than the other more so that it's just hard to compare to that right. but i think that and I, i'll speak for myself we're not quite at the review portion yet but for me it's it's looking at it for what it is when it was released <clears throat> what it did for the industry type of thing that i kind of take right. into consideration with this type of stuff and I definitely try to go into these movies thinking that way. I did it with Seven Samurai, and I was able to kind of, like, dive in a little bit into, like, how I could appreciate it. It was a little bit harder for me on this movie. Right. And and maybe it's just because I just don't understand, like, I didn't know that a 25-year-old made it, and I don't know, like, how this opened the door for other movies. Right. Maybe that's why I don't appreciate it as much, but... I'm not gonna lie, I was really bored. Well, and that's that's <laughs> I, fair. It's definitely one of those films where I had to kept like moving my body so I wouldn't <laughs> fall asleep. Fair, fair. And I could definitely understand, especially with the time period it's set in. There's a lot of historical contexts that exist within this film, mm-hmm. like the way to talk about politics, the way to talk about various aspects of business. And if you don't have an awareness of less, just the gist of the stuff that has occurred during that time then it could definitely be like, what the fuck are they even talking about? Right. So I can understand that for And sure. I'm definitely dumb when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think it's... Oliver's like, World War II wasn't even over yet. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I do not know that. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, you know, for me, it's not like, again, in comparison to so many movies that we've seen, mm-hmm. it's not like the most riveting story that I've ever seen in my life. Right. Like I'm going to be honest. I thought the story was really boring. <clears throat> it, like, it was just weird to me. If you're not, if you're not engaged in kind of the mystery that's unpacking, right. Then I could understand why it wouldn't be good. Yeah. And can we talk about how every old movie has the same fucking soundtrack? Yeah. Uh, okay. So it drives me nuts. So could they not like, well, here, make new music? Well, here's the thing. Somebody, okay, somebody is going to say the exact same fucking thing for movies that are released now in 80 years. Someone's going to be like, well, why do all of them have <laughs> so such bumpy bass? And no, why they, I like, swear to God, all old movies have many, the same exact that's, sound. That's a, really, that's a really good point. How many old movies have you watched? Enough to know yeah. that they all well, play thing. the same <laughs> I, I get exactly what she's saying because this is, one of those films. A lot where, of brass. A yes, lot of, yeah. Yes, it's I very orchestral. Point, it's very, you know, just out there type of deal. And I literally think it's the same sound. It's not. Well, it's one of those things <laughs> where if there it was a if someone made a parody old movie, 
mm-hmm. and you wanted to create a soundtrack for it, this movie would and yeah, the, you, there's a certain sound to old movies where yeah, you just sure. know what it is. I it, agree. Right, it's the brass and all that I, stuff. I yeah. agree. I agree that they have a similar sound, but they're not all the same soundtracks. And I, you've seen like two black and white movies. All three right. now. Three. <laughs> three. Yeah, three. I've three seen includes. more than that. I I'll let you think about that because okay. <laughs> and the lighthouse does not count. That does not count. I think I think also what's cool about this movie is that there are a lot of deeper themes. Oh, yeah. as well it i was trying to kind of figure it out and i actually had i had figured out what rosebud was i think fairly early yeah. on even before it was obviously i had an idea said. it was in the white space but it was just the wrong association yeah mm-hmm. um, i, I kind of had an idea too yeah, yeah so it's it's revealed at the end and this is the, really the ultimate spoiler Ooh. that rosebud <laughs> is it's his childhood sled yeah yeah and i had i i like i knew it when he as from the opening scene you see him fall and it yeah. it break he breaks a snow globe that he's obviously holding. Yeah. And then when you see him, the only time you see him as a child, right when he's getting adopted, he's playing outside in the snow. Yeah. 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 And there's lots of like little pieces to indicate that that's what that was. Mm-hmm. But it it for me, what the connection I got, and I haven't read anything on this movie as far as what it maybe actually means or anything right. like that. So mm-hmm. this is just kind of we all sat down and watched this just now and mm-hmm. immediately started Right or doing this podcast. Ooh. Um, mm. What? What? I just had a thought of like, what? Oh shit, that could be a thought about the movie. Okay. <laughs> the gears are turning well, in Taylor's head well, right yeah, now. <laughs> no, well, now I'll stop what I was. I I know what I was going to say, but what I want to pick at that. Spit it thought. out, so, Taylor. There's at one point where, because honestly, this entire film is a bit of a tragedy in many cases. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it is. This is a. Honestly, a kid that was taking up from his original family. His family literally sold him for money. I yeah, I understand. And I would assume that the banker dude that adopted him, he didn't have an heir. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm just gonna buy an heir. Yeah, God, that sounds fucked up. But basically, is what he did. And I forgot the I I didn't catch on in the reason why they he picked particularly Charles, but they chose him anyway. And that point, right as soon as he was taken from his home. He might have thought of it like, and I'm speaking for like Charles Kane. He might have thought of it as like the last point in which the world made sense, and he had a sense of innocence. After that, it all yeah. just went downhill. So well, that's kind of so that was my. I didn't think Rosebud was like a physical thing. Like I didn't really think it was like the no, sled it, mm-hmm. at first. Like I had caught on, I had caught on to it, and was thinking like. Because the snow globe and right. how he was in Colorado playing in the snow right, and right. kind of just like that setting right. of being there for the last time, it, yeah, right. not I don't like think, an actual physical sled. I, yeah, right. I don't think I don't think Rosebud for me as well. I didn't I didn't really think of it as it was. Oh, he was just thinking of his sled. No, it was more so like yeah. the the it was the final moment where he had like his innocence and his happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another line that I hung on to was uh, there's a moment where he's talking to his now adopted father and he basically says something along the lines of like, do you not think you're like, what would you do if you weren't, if you weren't rich? And he was like, well, I would do everything that you hate. Right. He was basically raised to be something that he's not. And his dream is to be everything that he's made to be right or not to be right right now. In many cases, his entire like early life and basically the rest of his life was to live in spite of his adopted father. Mm -hmm. And he operated in that sense. And in many ways, the way that he is perceived and the way he operated from the various individuals that the investigators talk to, they note that this man, you know, Kane himself, he 
was an influential person, but he was someone that was very empty because he kept striving to achieve the thing that he lost. And I and I also think that Susan, his his second wife, mm-hmm. functions as a a person that he tries to like live vicariously through. Like it seems like he funds her dreams because he didn't really get to achieve the dreams that he wanted to do. Is kind of the way that I interpret it in that he didn't get to become what he wanted to become as a kid. Mm-hmm. He was kind of forced into this rich, mm-hmm. ex- he didn't get a choice. Right. He got forced in this rich, extravagant lifestyle. And she kind of, one of their first times they meet, she voices, oh, my, you know, I wanted to be a singer, but my mom said I wasn't, basically I wasn't good enough. And mm-hmm. then from then on, he like essentially forces her to become a singer. Mm-hmm. Which despite, in itself is an irony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Despite, which, you know, I think he realizes that probably at the end, but. When it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Despite her eventually being like, no, I don't want to do this pretty mm-hmm. early on. He forces her to do it because, again, the way I interpret it was he's like, wants someone to achieve their dream. Where it seems like all, everybody that you encounter in this movie is saying they wanted to do, do one thing and then not actually fully achieving it. Well, also, I think one other aspect to the film is that Kane keeps using his own sense of will in order to, like, force things to happen. And whether it's, like, the influence of the people, the influence of a situation, or whatever the case may be, or use of money, mm-hmm. he keeps trying to utilize the tools and people at his disposal to will a reality where he is considered the most adored. And he has the most power and leverage, I guess, to achieve a state of that he finds would be most fitting for him. Like to create this world where not only is he loved and adored, but also it's in a vision that he deems is necessary and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's I think there's also a point where his his best friend <coughs> speaks that too, where yeah, he, yeah. He, he just wanted to be loved. Yeah, he right. wanted to be loved. And I think he, you know, he runs for governor and he wants to basically like, throw out this corrupt previous person that's in office. Right. Um, and he talks about how he wants to basically like help the poor, help the, like the normal citizen. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's a, an aside that his best friend has where he's like, he has no idea what that even means. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of, he, he, he wouldn't know what to do if that even happened in the first place. Right. Like, and there's also a point too, when he is confronted by his opponent, he tells him, not only did you fuck up my political career, you fucked up my life. And yeah. that's the point where, I think that's an indication of how far, you know, Charles is willing to go in order to, like, create this image of himself of being an ideal. Seems like he's got a lot of childhood trauma. Oh, fuck yeah. That's like the whole movie. It's like childhood trauma. He needs some therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he literally built an opera house for his wife to sing in, which eventually she doesn't want to. And then he builds this giant Xanadu, right? Yeah. Which is like a a compound, basically, Mm -hmm. to live on. Where he secludes himself, mm-hmm. and it's it's he's just trying to fulfill some sort of I, I, again like find happiness is what it seems like it is, but he right. can't. He's had money his whole life, but that's not what he wants, right? And so he's just searching for happiness through other means, right? And, well, at, the, and at the end, that, realizes that, and that's kind of what I was, think Rosebud signified. Is it was like he was Rosebud mm-hmm. essentially was like his happy place, right. and he was chasing for that again and right. other things and could never find it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was like trying out all these different ways to get it and he just never could. And right. it's kind of an interesting it's kind of an interesting deconstruction of like the normal trope you see, which is like, oh I really want to be rich so I can be happy. You kind of see that character arc. Mm-hmm. Like I want to succeed and be successful. Whereas his was almost the inverse of it, where yeah. he's like he starts 
immediately as rich and successful and almost wants to just get back to the roots of being finding what actually makes him happy. Because money can't buy happiness. Right. Oh, wow. They discovered that in 1941. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that I recognize, too, that I'm curious if anyone else had this parallel. So when there was the early segment of the film where Charles Kane was starting up his basically newspaper publication... I got a lot of Wolf of Wall Street vibes. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, totally. I'm glad you caught that too because yeah. that was basically like that cult of personality yeah. experience mm-hmm. where it's like, and, holy shit. And I think another thing that's interesting is there is there is parallels between that movie and this movie. Mm-hmm. Or, a lot or, of it actually, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think what's interesting is that at first when you meet, so in the newsreel, it, the movie opens with a newsreel basically that kind yes. of like gives you highlights of his entire life which you eventually. Which, funny enough, it reminds me of the opening to Iron Man. Yeah, well, which you, <laughs> ah, see, yes, which you, which you, which we will then visit mm-hmm. all those little landmarks in his life uh, that you see in the newsreel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what I thought was interesting was that in the newsreel, it kind of paints him to be this very flawed man. It's a it's a highlight reel of his life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a flawed man that was really rich and all these different things. But then when you come to first meet him, he's really he's really uh, enigmatic, enthusiastic, enthusiastic. He seems really charming and nice and like. Mm-hmm. A smart guy, and he writes that Declaration of Principles, which comes out later. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and at when I was watching, at least I was like, oh, so maybe he's not like a bad guy. Maybe right. he's actually like there's more to him than than you would originally think. And I think that there is. Right. He was an ambitious young man who actually wanted to make a change in the world. Which you could probably argue. Huh. The media. It portrays people in a way that they aren't actually. But he actually kind of does become the thing that he's not trying. I mean, that's at the end when there's the Declaration of Principles is mailed back to him from his best friend. Mm-hmm. He realizes that he kind of became became what he was trying to defeat. Right. Yeah, it was curious that he. So right before that scene, he actually, you know, his friend read the review that his best friend was writing about his wife's performance and that it sucked. And he actively took it and finished it without altering like what he was saying. He was like, yeah. "Nah, this is you know, let me write it out." Yeah, he still fired him. He's like, "You still were drunk on the job, so I got to fire you." But he still tried to retain some level of integrity by finishing it. So that does say something about his character but, to a degree, right? <clears throat> yes, but then the the same friend that he gets fired speaks to that he didn't do it for he didn't do it for the friend. He did it for himself, right? To like save some semblance right like oh i'm still an honest man yeah i'm still an honest man and he does he does the same thing a a couple times in the movies where and the one that stuck with me the most was when he gets in the in the fight with susan his wife Mm -hmm. he says he's i'll give you whatever you want it won't be the version of the life that i think you want it'll be what you actually want and you can kind of see you're starting to turn to it but then he he says like you can't do this to me right and that's when she clicks and she's like oh it's again it's about you it's not about me and that's kind of his whole life it's kind of optics for everybody else, but really it's him trying to find out what makes him happy Yeah, and, and his own needs. The other thing about this, too, is that all of this is being shown about how one person's life is perceived by others, first from the mass public and then from the investigators trying to figure it out and then from those that were closest to him. And all of this is not from the individual themselves. It's just from those that interacted with them. And all you can get in terms of sensing what's actually going through the individual's mind is from their accounts of him. Yeah. So that in of itself is a very interesting, you know, it, it's drive- like the ultimate amalgamation of a bunch of uh, like 
untrustworthy narrators. narrators. Yeah, it's like how much can you truly understand a person's life if you're not them? Type yeah, of deal, right. And and it it leans on that heavily too oh, yeah. in in Rosebud. Oh yeah. I mean, the whole movie is at the end. We have a pretty, I think, a pretty good idea of what we think it is. Right. But it it the narrator himself the person that the, is doing the investigating on him is like it could just be a fragment of his memory that we right. will never know we'll right. never know what that actually means to him or what that is and i think that that's kind of just that greater theme too mm-hmm. right. there's so much that makes up a person it it you can't there's no way to really understand it unless you are you know yes i agree with that yeah it's interesting that in terms of the film itself it was chosen for the reveal of what Rosebud was to be portrayed on film. Like, you know, they actually were chucking a bunch of junk into the furnace, and then Rosebud, that was the name on the sled, was actually chucked into the furnace and it's thrown away. So the answer was there, but it's like lost to history type of deal. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, yes, there are circumstances where the mystery of a person may never be revealed, but the fact that it was something that could have been ascertained but it's just lost. That in of itself is like, eh. But it's also they they were looking they were looking for some sort of big reveal, mm-hmm. and right. the reveal that his last word was rosebud, which is a sled. Even if they had found that out, doesn't answer the question as to why. That right, is and what, they even say that in the movie is that even if we did get that answer, it's not going to solve anything because yeah. we already know how much of a basically a lost soul he was. Yeah. And I also feel like it is pretty impactful at the very end, too, where he has all this stuff. His mansion is just filled with stuff, and it, basically just start to burn it, a you, lot of it. You know what I'm realizing? Oh, my God. Now I'm starting to see why this film's fucking influential. As we keep talking about this film, we've mentioned The Wolf of Wall Street. We've mentioned the beginning of Iron Man. That shot is, like, from the, of all his Indiana shit. Jones. Yes! Yeah. I'm like, for fuck's sake, this is how this film is, like the Mac Daddy because they influence the shit out of this in all the other fucking movies. Well, that shot I don't think is, I think uh, it's the same looking shot, but not in in meaning necessarily. Like, that shot I think was to just show in in Citizen Kane, it was just to show that he's got all this stuff and it really means nothing. Nothing, yeah. The meaninglessness of it. Now it is nothing. He spent his life acquiring all this stuff and now it means nothing. Whereas in Indiana Jones, it was just to show all this stuff, like it was all this stuff, <laughs> right. but it's like, very similar. I saw the exact same thing you right. did. It's like in death, the things you leave behind is not the material possessions you have, but the memories that you leave it is in, like the in the people that were closest to you. Yeah, yeah. I got that too. Yeah. What do you think? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Indiana Jones. Wait, hold the fuck on. I know. What? I know. You've never seen it? Okay. I know. I, I know I have a bad <laughs> list of, I have a list of movies I've never seen. I'm working on that. But how the fuck have you not seen it? How the fuck has she not seen Indiana Jones? I keep asking her to and she never wants to. She, Wait, hold on. She has like managed to see Citizen Kane first and not Indiana Jones. God, she, she'll, lo- she'll love Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. you know you, what? You will love You Indiana will Jones. actually enjoy Indiana yeah. Jones. I am sure I will. You Because it's not black and white. No, but she yeah. wants to watch, I want to watch Sienna's Dickies. Oh my god, shut up. Wait, what? <laughs> she wants to watch her MTV shows. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like, after watching this, it's like, I need some MTV So, <laughs> I mean, I, I do want to watch my Siesta Key after oh watching this. God. What the fuck is so I, Everyone's, like, going to unsubscribe to our podcast <laughs> after listening <laughs> to me say that. We should. No, I... Oh my god. So I do want to kind of circle back to the, mm-hmm. the part where you had mentioned that you didn't really see anything in this movie that stood out to you visually. Mm. Um, for me, there's a few things. There's like oh, yeah. the opening the opening scene where they're in the dark and there's kind of smoke and light casting through them and they're casting silhouettes. Was that not a pretty cool shot to you, Shannon? 
No. Gina's like, I'll, I'll give a fuck. Not really. Yo, okay. Well, so uh, what, the fireplace what, what, was really wanna... big, and they had trees in the fireplace. Yeah, so um, Another thing I remember, someone came in and was like, are you still eating? And he's like, I'm hungry. Yeah, that's, that's my good. life. My, no, you're, no, you're, you're, no, your life. Hey, you, you know what I'm going to say your life is? There's another line in the movie that, that's your life. <laughs> you, you walk, like, I forget. It's after he loses the governor race and his friend walks up and he's like, oh, hey, Jediah. And he's just, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk. Fair. That's uh, fair. No, but like, there was a lot of, it's, it's funny because there was a lot of shots in this movie that I thought were really, really cool. There's that's, one that stands out particularly and I bet it was the case for you too when the investigator went to this basically I would call it like this underground cavern of fucking it it felt like it was like this underground like cave but he went to the I'm calling it a cave but he went to gather some intel from the memoirs of Charles Kane's father adopted father so he goes in and as soon as he walks into this secluded room that shot where it's just you know the guard standing on the right hand side the lady on the left and the light going down, yeah. and just a shot. That that shot was like, God damn, that's like a painting right there. That's so a cool ass I, shot. I felt like that, how the fuck did they do that? I felt cool. like that in the beginning with all the lights too, when they're they're all silhouetted and you can't oh, see yeah. all like a bunch of nameless people talking about yeah. Charles Foster yeah. Kane. But I also felt uh, the blocking is really really good in this movie. Oh, also the so, crane shot going into well, it's not even crane shot back in the day, but like the way it goes through the, the top ceiling, of the, yeah, yeah, the ceiling of cool. the bar that Susan is in. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, enough, I just I'll geek out and just list them right now. <laughs> the other one that's really cool is the camera is outside with Charles as a kid in the snow, and then it goes backwards the through the window. I know that one. And the whole time, <laughs> hey! and the whole time, as they are having this conversation, his uh, real mom and dad and his soon-to-be adopted father are having this conversation. He is in frame in the window. Wait, the yeah, that was something that was not is, done back in the day, right? No, I, At not least like I, in movies like the 30s or something yeah, like that. Right? I, yeah. I, I, admittedly not as That's the only shot that I actually um, picked up on that you guys are talking about. Hey. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, do, I genuinely think it's like harder for me to like, if I'm not into the movie, for me to like pay attention to all that. that. Right, yeah. right. There's another really cool shot where um, Jedediah and Ber- Bernstein, yeah, Bernstein, yeah, are having a conversation about how Jedediah feels like the new people that they brought into the firm could turn him, and they're having a conversation, but the whole time in the reflection of the window behind mm-hmm. him, you, you can, can see, see Charles dancing, dancing. Right. and it's just really cool. There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. There's a really cool shot where Bernstein's standing over or at his desk, and his reflection is mm-hmm. in the desk, and it's just both of his faces. Yeah. Right. Now, here's the thing. Now, I bet Oliver has seen much, has much more verse in terms of older movies compared to me. But from your own experience when it comes to these films, do you think that with what we saw in Sense and Kane that any of this type of technical work was even done in like the 40s or 30s? Like, oh, 30s, because... I don't think that, I don't think that there was so much depth as right. there is in this movie. There's a lot of like, it almost looks like split diopter shots where mm. there is someone in the foreground and someone way in the background. I don't know right. if it actually is split diopter. Right. I have to look it up. But there are like two people in focus that are not right in front of the camera. One's in the right. background and one is in the foreground. And for talking. cameras back then to do that, I don't even think that was a thing. You like, you have diopter, to like, yeah. Right. You have to like clip the film itself. And then it's like, there's certain ways you have to really, do it, right? really impressive. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of shots like that where there's so much in frame, like yeah. so much in like the depth of the frame, which is just incredible. And I think that that's one of the reasons that this is a famous movie as well. And also, I think one of the other things, too, is that wonder if 
based on the fact that Orson Welles was the one that directed, wrote, and starred in this film, if Charles Kane is just his opportunity to express a lot of himself and him being like the animatic, you know, Wolf of Wall Street-esque character early on in the film where he's like starting his publishing business, it's like, oh, sweet, this is like an expression of like his like very energetic, excited self. Mm -hmm. And then everything else in the film is just, you know, a further deconstruction of, you know, what he's trying to tell through the story. I, I, I just keep thinking that that public, that young uh, owner of a newspaper self that he, he is, that's like Orson Welles, like showing off his like youthfulness. Like, that's him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't there, know. Um, from, from what I understand, there, this is like semi-biographical too. So it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't really surprise me if there's elements of him in it as well. Oh, fair. Um, and, and I just, it, how could it, how could there not be? Oh, I for mean, sure. he produced, directed, starred, uh, helped write. Like, I can only imagine that there is a part of you in that somewhere. Oh, for sure. When you're that yeah. verse into it, yeah. Also, another thing I just want to note, too. The way, the whatever makeup stuff they did back in the day, holy shit. Because oh, yeah, the way gonna... they've portrayed oh, people yeah, they like aged older, them. that was awesome. I, I will like, say that that fuck? was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It looks better. Mind you, mind you, it's, it's black and white. I'm sure if it was in color, it wouldn't look the same. True, but it, right? But it, it still looks it, good. It fuck, looked, yeah, it looked better. I would argue than a lot of modern day aging effects. That yeah. yeah. Oh shoot, with uh, CGI and also the acting too, in accordance. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that acting across the board, especially when no one really was a big actor. Yeah, is, I, I actually thought all these guys were like legit actors. Yeah, like like well known. And they're not. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. And I, I mean, I can only, I can only imagine being Orson Welles after this released and just, or even if he was alive today to see the impact that it's had mm-hmm. on cinema, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty insane. And maybe that's the inspiration at the end of the day. It's that even if it's not a commercial success, the fact that you did it and it could influence others to adopt what you've introduced and make better films, that at the end of the day is your contribution to the craft. So let me pose this question to you guys. Do you feel like this is a movie that you could recommend to anybody? I mean, in all fairness, I'm going to let Shannon start with this one because I feel her thoughts on this is going to be more pertinent. Yeah, I. it's tough because I can see how, I don't know, I could see, obviously, I mean, people are still talking about this movie to this day and it's mm-hmm. 81 years later. So, like, obviously it's influential, but... I just, I didn't personally enjoy it. And that's just, like, my preference. Like, I don't like older movies, and I'm sure there's other people out there that don't like older movies. And I just found it kind of boring, and I think other people out there could as well. I mean, it's just like saying, like, I don't like anime. Like, I'm I'm probably (laughs) not going to enjoy all animes. But you have enjoyed an anime. Right. Yeah, but it's just like I don't think it's gonna be everybody's this, this, cup of tea. This, yeah, you, what you're what you're kind of saying is like this wasn't so amazing that it broke how you already felt about. Right. Right, and that was actually one of the things I was curious about. Like this was like a litmus test to see like how great of a movie this was, and one of the things I think I'm starting to recognize as a result of us diving into a lot of these older films is that. Yes, they have their own merits as films in of themselves, but the reason they're so great is because they help set the foundations and influences for future films. Like, right. as we've been discussing in this po- discussion of oh, podcasting of itself, 
we've seen like influences of the film, or at least parallels or similar scenes with modern films, at least in the last like twenty years yeah. mm-hmm. with Citizen Kane, and we could do the same thing with Seven Samurai and Twelve Angry Men, and most likely other other older films. So we can see where the DNA exists with other films. I think that when I would I would imagine that like when this movie came out and the years following it, that it was recognized as an amazing movie. But as it's been 80 years, yeah. there's been newer movies that have come out that have, you know... I, don't I mean, know, you just better, can't but, really compete well, with this movie That's kind of what I mean. Like, so what, what makes know. a movie resonate and stand out over, the t- over time is with how it does things better than anything else or how it changes the game. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, yeah, that's one of the things that is essential is how are you contributing something new to the overall experience of filmmaking? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, you know, I do think that it's, it's a movie that if you like older movies, especially it's, it would be one that would be like, Oh yeah, definitely check this out. Like if you're in, there are people that love older, older movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think that there's a ton of people that do. If, if you enjoy older movies of this would be like, I think pretty easy for me to be like, Oh, check out Citizen Kane. Yes. For many, for many reasons. One that it's, it's famous for a reason. But but two, I do think that it has a lot there, even in its story and in its acting and oh, in everything sure. else that would make it that makes it an enjoyable watch. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to be, in my opinion, interested in movies of this time, or maybe interested in cinema in general, where you want to check out this kind of like great granddaddy of yeah. modern movies. You know, one of the things I'm recognizing is that with any type of genre, whether it's like even if you like help old movies. That could be considered a genre of itself. There is a certain level of, I would say, motifs or cliches or elements that make it the genre of itself that you kind of have to either tolerate, accept as a thing in order for you to digest it. Like, say, for instance, anime, for instance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of goofy shit that happens in anime. You can find some fantastic stories in anime, but there's a lot of goofy shit that's mm-hmm. almost across the board. Same thing with old movies. Like, one of the things that we were aware of is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's yeah. old movie as fuck. But, you know, if you really can get past that and really dive into the story, you can definitely get into it. But if yeah, you are distracted by it, it's understandable because it's very in your face, especially to your ears. Oh, my God. Right. I yeah. mean, you could you could probably make that same argument for anything. Yeah, like, like if, horror movies, action movies, if, things like yeah, that. Yeah, there there is there is that. There are tropes there we go, and tropes. themes yeah. in every genre of movie, right. yeah. in every type of movie. And as, and as you go through the decades of movies, there's themes and tropes through decades of movies, oh, too. Oh, for sure, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I agree with that. Like, if you are going to... Like I think Shannon is a bit this way. Like if you if you hang on to those moments that drive you nuts, like if you hang on to them, then this will, will, wouldn't be an enjoyable experience. Right. It's kind of like yeah, but I'm I mean, in- like I I've watched other movies and have felt that way, but have been able to like kind of like go and just kind of like yeah. enjoy the movie for what it is. And I don't, I don't know why. I just like I could not get into this movie. Yeah. And it, maybe it was because it was like, in a way. I mean, it's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of movie. action. There's not, there's not a, a lot whole of like... lot. I mean, there's a lot going on, but also like not at the same time. Yeah. So it is kind of hard to like get into the story of the movie. So when you're not really into the story of the movie, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to get into of, everything it's plot else. Is kind of it. It's not. It's a very character driven, like, yeah, like, yeah. like it, it, exploration of like 
the behaviors there's of the person. There's not a lot Which of crazy th- Those moments. are hard to get into no matter what. There's like, not a lot of crazy moments, but there sometimes are... Sometimes people just are, are not into those kind of movies. A couple crazy moments. There was there's specifically when... Um, Emily, is that his first wife's name? Yes, I was think it so, Emily? yeah. Emily? That was, like, Mary. She was, like, the niece okay. of, yeah, like, okay. president. So, That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean... There are key moments that yeah. that do kind of spike the drama yeah. of it. Like yeah. specifically, the moment I'm talking about is when he has this riveting speech to run for governor, mm. and he's he, she goes in the car and she he's like, "Where where are you going? Why are you staying?" He's like, "Well, I'm going I'm going to this, this I'm going to go meet I'm yeah. going to go meet uh, Susan." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh he's shit! Like, oh yeah! Oh shit! And you realize you realize that, <laughs> that she's going to go meet uh, his, the way that his yeah. eyes wide. I was like, God damn! Yeah, yeah. She's gonna well, go she's meet like, his... I'm going to go to this address. Are you going to come with me?" And, and he was like, like "Oh, like, yeah, I guess yep. gotta go." <laughs> so I mean, there are those moments. Yeah. which, I mean, I think even while we were watching it, Taylor was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. Even yeah, for yeah. a movie that was made in 1941, there are those moments. Right. They're just not as frequent as maybe like modern movies. Right. You know what? I recognize there's a similar film that offers, I would say, it's one of those acquired tastes. Like, okay, as we were discussing this film, we're recognizing like this is a film that a certain type of audience would be able to appreciate and others may not. Yeah. The Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino is another film where if you really appreciate films that are like dialogue exchanges, very like... I would say heavy on character tension and all that stuff. That's a movie you will definitely enjoy. Yeah. But if you're not really into that type of experience, you're not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very similar type of setup where if you're not into and, that type of like storytelling, it's not going to be for you. And so for me, as I kind of think about this out loud, yeah. it, I think part of the reason why I feel like it also feels a bit slow is because there isn't a whole lot of reveals. Mm-hmm. You kind of know in, in that there's a newsreel in the beginning you do kind of know where his life is going to go. Right. Whereas one of the reasons that I really feel like 12 Angry Men is so riveting is because as it progresses, it's really just 12 people talking yeah, in a room. You don't know. There's right. nothing going on, but it's as as they are talking, you get more and more information. Right. And it's just like there's so many it's reveals. A, yeah. It's that a story of generalization to nuance. The only yeah. real mystery of this movie, and it's not a bad thing, but really the only mystery is Rosebud. And that's not right. necessarily it's 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 the final word of someone that has died. But it's it, like not even that obvious in the movie that that's what the mystery is until like later on. I feel like right uh, in the beginning they say in the beginning that kind of kicks off this reporter going and 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 uh, like a- asking people about it. Yeah. It is it is like oh I we guess need it's this just like not as spicy obvious. Headline. Well the. Guy that is leading this charge, not the investigator, but the guy that actually is like, you know, showing the newsreel is like, okay, we need something more for this. He basically says in the film itself, we need to reveal something more about this man, like something mm-hmm. that makes it stand out. Because we basically have a newsreel that said this guy died. We want something more. Yeah. And that is what this film is all about. It's like the more. Yeah. What is that extra meat to the bones of this person that passed away? Yeah, and, and the that irony, is and, and I think the irony to me of the whole thing was that they're trying to kind of fluff up this story into something more extravagant than what right. it actually is. Right. The irony being that that's kind of what he did for the Inquirer. Mm. And yeah. originally he didn't want to, but it, it became that right. kind of like creating these stories almost. Right. I and, mean, he even said himself to the old publisher that he basically like booted out was <laughs> I'm uh, all that, uh, the, uh, the gossip column uh, pieces and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's totally what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Goddamn. You're having a hard time with Shannon is t- is That's like the hardest. Oh, I feel like I'm like taking a shot of whiskey every time I drink it. I mean, it might as well be at this kind point. Of, I so. know. Oh fuck. Man. I mean, however, how, how you handle it so far? Uh, I didn't. I didn't fill mine with orange juice and simple syrup, and it's definitely pretty rough. Yeah, it, it's pretty <laughs> rough. Again, there goes that sponsorship. This is a man's drink. This is a man. Oh, okay. And I am not a man. Okay. This is a man. Run a little hair on my chest just drinking this. <laughs> Oh god, just the idea of this is fucking hilarious. It's like my ass drink. It is. Oh god. And we're having all the rocks and everything and yeah, chill. We should have got time. like a cigar pipe and just a cigar pipe? A, pi- a, cigar. a pipe with a... Yeah, we should have gotten a cigar pipe. A cigar, a cigar pipe. and a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Just like both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Extra manly We should have had gentleman pipes though. That would have been Yo, pipes. that was yeah. fire, yeah. That, that would have been good. I'm legit. Well, yeah. I mean, does anyone have any extra thoughts before we get to to reviews, I think this this is such a it's it is a dense movie to break apart. Yeah, and man. I don't and I don't think that this podcast will do any of it justice. Right. Yeah, I, I think that after I this, think it's I, hard because it's like I, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Rich I know star, that Rich Oliver star. does. I think that Taylor's probably still kind of like. I'm like digesting the movie, <laughs> well, I am too, and I that's am. the only bad thing about like watching the movie and then coming right to the table I, and reviewing it is like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to like digest yeah, a movie yeah, for I, a little right. bit. It is it is interesting because this podcast will be a bit unique in that same same thing that everything everywhere all at once. Oh no, we had seen that before. No, we all watched it. For no, the we first all time. watched it for the yeah, first time. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be similar to that in that you. Anybody listening to this is kind of going to be hearing our reactions in real time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of almost discovering how I feel about this movie as I talk about it. Yeah, right. and I can see that that's happening with Taylor. Yeah, and it's gears, the with gears me are too. turning in his head. And, and, and it's like, I, oh. And it's, so, my review could easily change with that. I know. Maybe, but it, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll like it. I doubt it. But I, <laughs> it's, it is. But kind of what I want to get out there as a disclaimer is that I think that this movie is a lot to break apart and analyze and review. And oh, yeah. I think that one of the first things I want to do once we're done, despite the fact that it's currently one thirty in the morning, <laughs> is I want to read more about it. I, right. I do. I'm genuinely interested. Yeah. I want to read oh, yeah. more about it. I do find it really inspiring. I find it fascinating. I do want to learn more about it because I kind of, for some reason, despite being really into movies, I've narrowly avoided hearing much about this movie. Besides, Why? Not intentionally, right. but like people would be like, "Oh, Citizen Kane, have you seen that?" And I'd say, "Oh no, I haven't seen it." And then they'd be like, "Oh, it's it's really great. You should watch it." You You're know? not or a real like, cinephile. Yeah, How dare you? Yeah, or or whatever. <laughs> but like, I've kind of like avoided the context of what makes it really great mm. until now watching it, and it's easy for me to see. But I want to read more about that. Yeah. Right. I think the biggest thing for me, and I all, I actually find like the historical influences of like these type of films like really fascinating is what happened directly after this. Like, yeah. how did it change the game? What was it like before, and what happened as a result of this? Well, I think we well, can see I, the Again, ripples. I think that that's yeah. kind of hard. Like, what's hard for me is, like, obviously we weren't around in fucking 1941. Oh, or weren't even thoughts. We weren't even thought. We weren't even close to Not even thoughts. the thing. You're so like, it's like, <laughs> it is, I, it's hard because I wish I could see, the, like, the direct influence that it right. had or like the immediate influence that it had because i'm sure it did well, that's right. kind of what and i was saying too it would, maybe that would make me appreciate it a it would be more, interesting to see but, yeah to see like what else was playing in the box office right. at this time or like what the immediate ripple was because right. i think now we've seen 
80 plus years later, we're seeing what the ripples are in that we can Fast see it. In- <laughs> we well, we can see its influences on modern movies. I'm sorry. The whole idea that Citizen Kane just led the Fast and Furious. Fuck. Yeah. I hate that idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to review Fast and Furious, I am down. We might actually have to do it. Especially the last one. Yo, Super Troopers, that might just might be. Hey, that's a good one. Oh, we can do I cannot believe that Fast this is what we are talking about while yeah. reviewing Citizen Kane. Yep. It, it goes a great on parallel to something that is as lauded over as a, a masterpiece and was on the Billboard charts top 50 movies of all time for 50 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's Fast and Furious, which is not. <laughs> LaVale still makes that money, though. Discussion for a different time. But it's almost I, been going on for 50 I years. I think we should just... I, I feel like I know what Shannon would review Fast and Furious, but I don't know what you would review Citizen Kane. So what's your final Ooh. standing? Ooh. Honestly, I just don't want to review it. You don't Ooh. have a choice. I know I don't have a choice, but that's, like, where I stand right now. Like, I don't feel like I can give it... A fair review? I don't trust... <laughs> trust my thoughts right now to give it like a fair <laughs> review i don't know like i again like i was saying like i do think it is hard going for certain movies oh, yeah. from going to couch to table and reviewing it yeah like this is one of the, them and this is one of yeah, them and for sure and i agree with you like i would like to read more on it i just don't think like i'm i don't have everything i, I need that- to give it the right review. So, and I think that that's kind of why I want to give that disclaimer as well, is that the review that whoever's listening to this now, including mm-hmm. myself listening to it back, hey, Oliver from the future, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it, how I feel about it after the fact very well could be different than how I feel yeah. about oh, it. For immediately sure. yeah. after finishing it while I'm still kind of unpacking it in yeah. my mind. And let's also note too, this is one of the tricky things when it comes down to almost any form of media, whether it's like books, movies, games, it's that it is a product of its time. Yeah. And yeah. yes, there's the thing of like, oh, it's a timeless classic. Yeah. Yeah. It is still a product of its time. So that does have an impact of how people will we respond to it. Right. And this discussion is an example of that. So if you take the context and understanding its influence and all that jazz out of the equation, does the film still have an impact I, of itself? And that's honestly, I think what the review or our reviews are an example of that. I, I would assume. Yeah. So I feel like um, my appreciation for this movie could only grow the more I learn about it. That is fair. Yeah. Um, I feel like my gut reaction over how I, enjoyed the narrative and the story and just my initial reaction probably won't change but my deeper appreciation for it definitely will mm-hmm. i know that there is very good reason why this movie is as acclaimed as it is oh yeah and we've talked a little bit about it but there's mm-hmm. so much more to it than even what we've talked right. about mm-hmm. and i know that as i read that i will only sit here and and enjoy it more than i already did but mm-hmm. i know for how it is as a movie and everything in consideration how I feel like I feel right this minute. Um, but it's tough. This is tough. Like you said, right. like you said, Shannon, it's it's jumping right off the couch after finishing this and going right to just spewing your thoughts on this movie specifically is is hard. Almost a disservice. Do yeah. you, it's, because you, like if, if yeah. I'm sitting here and I am reviewing it based off of how I enjoy the story and the movie itself. 
my rating's going to be pretty fucking low. Right. Honestly, like, so two is high for me. So that, that. Like, I just, I, fair, I didn't fair. enjoy the movie. Like, it's just like. So that begs the question, compared to other films, like, say, 12 Hundred Men and, like, Seven Samurai, as, like, the examples of we've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to discuss, is it because you've had the time to ref- sit down, take a break from it, and reflect that it helped you be able to, you know, see more of what the film had to offer? Or is it really just that this film is just, like, not that interesting for you? I, I think so, but even with Seven Samurai, that was another movie that, like, I wasn't, like... Mm-hmm. real thrilled on but that was another one we all watched together and then turned uh, around yeah. and recorded well, we watched like yeah, yeah 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 i and i don't know maybe it was just like you guys had picked up on more in the in that movie to mm-hmm. kind of like pull more out of me with it <laughs> what am I saying? No, no, no. I think he's saying. I think. I think. What you were able to like get more conversation and like kind of make me realize like a little bit more right. with that movie. I think like we are all kind of stumped in a way. Maybe not stumped, but like there's definitely more that we need to. Right. We recognize the depth that this film has, yeah. and we're just like literally scratching the surface of the ice cap that we're dealing with here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Maybe I, I'm not making sense. No, no, I, no, 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 that's fair. It's fair fucking fair, no. me up already. No, I, no, no I, <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, here, I think that here. there is something to be said about um, learning more about a movie or being a part of discussions about a movie that can make you appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a whole reason why there's, like, an echo chamber kind of is created a lot of times with... Or, like, why hype bubbles are real. Because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody yeah. feels some type of way about a movie and everybody loves it, and all of a sudden that starts to influence people yeah. into thinking it's better than it is, maybe. And it or could, vice I versa. mean, this could be exactly, yeah. like, how I feel about... I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but there is a movie out there that we've all watched, and my first time watching it, I fucking hated it. It ended, I was like, I fucking hate it. I immediately looked up what the movie meant, and mm, uh, immediately yeah, yeah. started loving the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. No, and no, I recommended it to everybody. So maybe this movie is going to be one of those. Like, once I start looking it up, I so that, can honestly, kind of appreciate it a little bit more. And, like... So that begs the question... No? You don't does, agree, Oliver? Well, um, so that honestly brings an interesting point where does one's experience with the movie... I mean, this podcast is a testament to this and more than anything else. Does one's experience with the movie honestly have to end with just the the start time to end time and that's it? Or is the more you dive into it, the more you understand it, the history of it, the the work that's been involved into it, all that stuff, is it really something that you can consider as credible for your own one's own review of it? I, I guess think that's the that thing. There's... Like, at what point is one's review of the film the film itself versus everything surrounding the film. Yeah. And I think think that's what's hard. And I think that that's why like it it is harder for some people to like walk away from a movie and like, like it. Cause not, I think all of us at this table are probably going to go and look up what this movie is about. There are people out there that watch (laughs) movies and don't do that and are not going to do that. And so it's like, they're just probably going to fucking hate this movie and, or other movies, not even just this movie, but movies that require you to kind of like, dive into it a little bit more i think that there exists like for every movie at least two reviews of a movie like i think that there Mm, exists i think there exists how you the movie immediately what emotion it immediately evokes out of you there are some movies that i have seen like you said i like instantly 
I love it. I adore it. And it's perfect. I mean, there's like ton, there's plenty of movies mm-hmm. that I've seen where I immediately have that visceral reaction. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. this is amazing. And from there, the more I learn about it, it could only really go higher unless maybe it could go lower. I haven't had that happen yet. But really, that's like that first emotion. But then there's movies that I watch and it's not even context based, but then learning maybe about the production or learning about who wrote it mm-hmm. or learning about these other pieces makes me appreciate it more. And then you know, raises how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like it is two separate reviews. Yeah. Like two separate ratings of yeah, that movie. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So do you think this might be one of those things we, like, we'll I give our reviews now, but... I think it's, yeah, I think that, you know, this movie, I think it's important for people to make their own decisions on movies in general. Like, I right. think it's important to not be influenced by what everyone else feels about a movie because there's been many times where me, myself, I've watched a movie that everyone loves and I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Right, and even right. looking it up and looking at things, I'm like, I still don't think, that, I think it's right. way overhyped. Right. So, and oh, maybe yeah. this is a version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, even after we look it all up, there will still, Our a lot of us will still, much, yeah, yeah, maybe right. it won't change or it won't change at all or it'll go yeah. down or I don't know, but there's, maybe there's, <laughs> maybe that still exists, but I think that it's, it's up to each of us to not be influenced by other people in our decisions right. and instead do our own research. And if that changes how we feel about it, that's awesome. Right. But yeah. It shouldn't, it should never, I, don't, I really strongly feel like a movie should never be, oh, Shannon loved a movie so that mm-hmm. Oliver must love a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't. at the end of the day, that's what art is supposed to be. It's yeah. supposed it to be subjective. subjective to the individual yeah. that's experiencing it. So yeah. There has been so many movies more than I can count that I love that Shannon hates and vice versa. <laughs> and it's just, that's just how it goes. And that there's no right or wrong answer. Right. The wrong answer would be for me to just agree with you. Right. And vice versa. Right. You yeah. have to love this movie. Bullshit. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, with that being said, like, I do think my immediate reaction to this movie, it probably would only be like a one and a half. And oh, this is a one and a half. <laughs> I know. And that's just like me personally. Yeah. I, it, that could change with like, I could have a higher rating looking into it. There. The only thing I will say is I don't know. There's movies out there that have like metaphors or like a bunch of imagery or something of that sort that maybe I just don't understand like directly after watching the movie. And then when I look it up, it like hits me and makes so much more sense. Right. I don't know if this movie necessarily has that. And maybe it does, and I just didn't pick up on it. I think that this movie mm. has a lot of... I do think that this movie does have a lot of greater messages and metaphors and imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it had... I don't necessarily feel like... And I haven't looked it up yet, so I don't know. But my gut instinct is that you're not going to look this up and all of a sudden glean something totally different than you're what like, you got. Oh, this movie first. makes so much it more. It is not yeah. like Enemy. <clears throat> it's not like Enemy, where all of a sudden right. you... I didn't want to say the name of the movie. Well, I, I didn't say. You just spoiled what you're talking about. Huh? You just said. You just. Re- I didn't reference what you said. I just said the movie Enemy, and you just referenced what you talked about. So you <laughs> did that. <laughs> but you were at one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. What about you, Taylor? Hmm. Ooh. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty tricky because. And again, I I feel like this is a unique movie, and yeah. all of right. our reviews are going to kind of have a little asterisk next to them. But because uh, honestly, anytime we review an older film that is considered like 
the foundation of what has influenced a lot of other films. Like I'm coming in with that level of consideration and I'm like analyzing the film as I'm watching it, trying to see like, okay, is it because of this shot? Is it because of the way that the acting is because of the way that they're doing this or that I'm, I'm basically dissecting it as it's going through. And this film is no different from by itself as, you know, just a story in of itself. I appreciate what it's trying to tell because it is honestly a, fascinating tale, at least for me, of how someone can go down a path of life that's so distorted, mainly because they were thrown into something that they had no control over. Yeah. Like, that type of experience, like, I can understand in regards of, like, you know, how that can happen to various individuals, and that's something that is translatable for a lot of people's lives. So, Mm -hmm. I appreciate the story that it's trying to tell, and... From what it has influenced, or what from what I what we've just discussed, what it has influenced, and the parallels we see in like existing films, holy shit! Like if this is the film that has helped create the modern film, like holy shit, then it definitely deserves respect. So, trying my best to focus on the merits of the film, but recognizing that there is some bleeding effects of understanding the background behind it, I would give it fuck. I'm literally like teetering between four and four point five. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my god. Because like it is. If you a... have to settle on one, where are you gonna settle? <sighs> fuck. Um. Oh fuck it. Four. Yeah. I I brought it down because recognizing that <laughs> for whatever reason the sound is like fuck the sound. <laughs> but no. No. That that seems like ridiculous. <laughs> that seems like a ridiculous reason. But um. No. In all honesty. Uh, I feel like I get flashbacks from like the old Mickey Mouse movies. <laughs> oh God! I mean, yeah, it was yeah, like the old black and white ones. Yeah, yeah, it was made during that time. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, but no, it's the main reason why I'm bringing it down is because and I hated those too. Goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is because I want to recognize that this recognize the film in of its own merit and not have so much of the bleeding effect of oh, it was the most influential movie of all time and all that jazz. Like, I want to recognize it for what it is and. If this was literally something that was done by, you know, obviously there's a cast and crew, but if it was written, produced, starred, and directed by a singular person, then holy shit, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I myself sit in a similar boat where I was kind of struggling between two different star ratings, but I feel pretty confidently that I'm a big advocate of any movie that gets conversation going is a good movie. Oh, for sure. And this is definitely one of them. We've sat here for over an hour now mm-hmm. talking about this movie from 1941. That's like pretty incredible. Oh, for sure. And so I, I really, and as I've listened in the, you know, in the past hour, all the different technical things that are so great about it. I also enjoyed the story. Like you mm-hmm. were saying, Taylor, I think that it's still relevant. I think it's mm-hmm. really, I think it is impactful. I'm sitting at like, a four. Wow! Holy yeah. shit! I don't know why. I thought you were gonna go higher. Nope. I'm the oddball. I'm sitting at like uh, it's fair. <laughs> I'm sitting at like a three and a half four. But I whoa! Think you're actually going to damn. No, no. I that's where I was sitting at three and a half. I think four is where I'm at. Damn. Um, Holy and shit! I, and I honestly think that it would go up if if fair the more enough. I learn about it, I really do feel like it would go up. But yeah, and and maybe it would eventually get that five star perfect rating from me. Right. But I but do think. Do you think a movie? Not to cut you off, but do you think a movie could get a five star rating after not giving you that five star feeling right after the like? Directly that's the thing the where movie? it's it's like that. Inter- it's like that the critics in TikTok calling ourselves critics. Um, the moviegoers 
integrity of how to effectively assess a film from the own standpoint. Yeah. It's like the initial experience versus watching it again versus researching it and seeing how it's influenced everything else. Like, for instance, it's like saying, if you didn't know John Wick, for instance, was a revitalization of action films, you're just like, oh, that was a cool action movie. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Then, d- fuck it. That's two di- totally different experiences. Yeah. If you, it's because you understand how something impacts this something beyond itself that's when you really appreciate it more and that does change how you view it so and it's, it's hard and it's to tough with judge. An, and it's and it's honestly tough with an older movie because it's yeah. like we've said this entire podcast you can't compare it to modern movies mm-hmm. so you almost have to put yourself into the shoes of somebody Someone, in 1941 yeah. Yeah. yeah and with that in mind it is pretty incredible mm-hmm. yeah i mean and i just so, imagine being back in the 40s seeing that shit but I, woo! yeah i try to kind of in my reviews i kind of try to have an, a hybrid of like just modern sensibility, enjoyability, mm-hmm. mixed with that consideration for an older movie. Yeah. Right. And so when I find myself in the middle there, I do find myself at like a four. And I think that if I think that if I was to throw myself pure lean into that other side of being only in nineteen forty one, it's probably a five. Oh yeah. If I was to lean all the way into someone that's just modern moviegoer, never sees old movies, it's probably like a three and a half right. or three yeah. or maybe yeah. even lower. Yeah. But it's just it I just I kind of play both sides of that. Yeah, and, trying and your best think, to balance and, it, yeah. And in balancing it, I feel like I'm at a four. And I think the more yeah. research I do about it, I think that I could be higher. But yeah. that's right. where I'm at right now. This might be one of those films that we may, like, maybe there might be an opportunity for us to revisit and be like, oh, hey, let's look back at some of the things we've seen before. It would be interesting to maybe have, like, a, a short yeah. about it or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's worth checking out. For sure. Like, if definitely if you're one of those individuals that just wants to understand where a lot of the influences of films comes from, then Citizen Kane is definitely one of the most talked about films yeah. of all time when it comes to I mean, to that. again, like I said earlier on, the fact that people are still talking about this 81 years later, mm-hmm. that in itself says a whole lot. Like, For you, sure. Just because I gave it a one and a half doesn't mean you shouldn't still check it out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, it's it definitely one of those cases, too, where if you really understand your taste in films and you recognize that this is not type of film for you, that's perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. But if you really want to like test your sensibilities when it comes on films or you just want to say, fuck it, let's give it a shot, dive into it and see what happens. I, I think that seeing this movie could give you an extra tool in your toolbox of seeing modern movies and seeing how it influenced. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, I mean... <laughs> Taylor, I see here, has finished <laughs> his old fashioned. I think this is one of the rare occasions was... where I think we might have beat Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Shannon still has probably over half of her old fashioned. I'm a little under <laughs> half of my old fashioned. You and I are at like the same amount. You also filled it up with orange juice. Which. And... Mm, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say Shannon's actually in last place right now. Yeah. Taylor has finished his. I have. Maybe half of mine left. And I bought little... two extra bottles just in case. I know, case. you Got can it. take those home. I yeah, I know, I know. fucking want them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't want any more of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, with oh, well, that damn. being said, this is Cinema Hangover. Thanks for listening. Later, y'all. All right, peace. God damn it, I got to bring you some. <laughs>
If you have any movie suggestions or questions, drop a comment on any of our social medias. Also, if you have any drink recommendations, be sure to let us know. And again, thank you for listening.